Please stand for the reading of the gospel. The scripture reading for today is taken from the gospel according to Matthew, the fifth chapter, beginning with the 13th verse. And Jesus said, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its taste, how can the saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hidden. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under a bushel basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. This is the gospel of our Lord. Well, this morning and for the next uh, few Sundays, I thought we would take a journey through the great Sermon on the Mount that we find here in Matthew's Gospel. It goes for two chapters, so much rich material. I actually commend it to you over the next few weeks. Uh, take it out. Read over some of these sections. It's really marvelous in its scope. One of the things that uh, Jesus is doing here that's important to know is that our Lord is assuming now the authority of Moses. A new Moses. You know, as Moses went up the mountain and gave to the people of Israel the law, the Torah, so now Jesus, in these moments, he's up on a mountain and he's giving us, his followers, a new law, a new Torah that, that sets the conditions for life in the kingdom of God. So this morning we're going to think about uh, the very first pronouncements that Jesus makes in his sermon. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Although I will say that we're going to be spending about 99.9% of our time on the salt uh, piece. But notice, please, right off the bat, how Jesus says, You are the salt of the earth. You know, Jesus, unlike other religious figures, he does not give a lot of steps or administer a lot of prescriptions on how to become things in the spiritual life. I mean, notice Jesus does not say, You must become the salt of the earth. Or... You've got to work hard on becoming the light of the world. No, he says, you are salt and light. You are. See, that's how Jesus talks. You are forgiven. You are, by virtue of your baptism, you are God's beloved child. The New Testament declares that we are a royal priesthood, a people set apart. You know, so many of the spiritualities on offer today, they, they tell us to become what we are not. Yet Jesus tells us to become what we already are. And there's a difference in that. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Let's think a little bit about this phrase, you are the salt of the earth. Well, the, the first thing we can observe about salt, as I was thinking about it, is that salt is an essential nutrient. Without it, you're going to die. <laughs> but more to it than that, I mean, salt does not exist in our usage for itself. Like, we never add salt to salt. 
We always use salt as an additive for something else. First lesson, you and I, members of a church, we do not exist for ourselves. We exist for the world. I mean, salt's got to get out of the shaker. Salt is only good if it gets out. So, so Jesus has appointed us. Our baptism, everybody. Jesus has appointed you and I. We exist for other people. We exist for our neighborhoods. We exist for where we live, where we work, where we learn. We exist for our non-Christian friends as witnesses. Salt is like light. It's only good if it gets out. Otherwise, it is of no use. So that's one thing. You know, another thing I was thinking about salt in the ancient world, and even today to a certain degree, salt was often used as a healing and cleansing agent. Although it burns a little as it cleanses and heals. <laughs> Let's try this one. All right, you think about the gospel. The gospel heals. We are the people of the church. We have, as was just read to us, the words of eternal life, the words of Christ, the words that bring healing. But it's often the case, is it not, that sometimes the words of our Lord can sting and burn a little as they heal? You know, it's called a conversion. You know, Jesus calls us to the ways of self-denial. He calls us, you can't live your life the way you want to live. You know, his call to renounce the ways of wealth and pleasure and all of these things. That stings a little bit. You know, many uh, preachers have said that oftentimes the, the good news sounds like bad news before it's good news. It can sting a little bit. But the salt of our Lord's grace, it always conduces to our healing and to our cleansing. Of course, the main thing, this is obvious, but the main thing that salt was really used for in the ancient world is that it was a preservative. And it preserved, for instance, meat from decay, the essential parts of, of the meat from decay. So I think what Jesus is doing this morning is he's saying that our mission as the people of God, it is very much a preservative mission. We're called to preserve what is good and essential. I mean, I was thinking of just a smattering of things that I think that we are, as the church, called to preserve in this day and age. And no doubt, we could add to this list. We could spend all day adding to the list. I just have a smattering of thoughts for us, the things that I think that we are called to preserve today. First thing I thought about and it may sound obvious, but I think that we as Christians, we are called today to preserve a robust belief in the existence and goodness of God. And that may sound obvious, but we really do live for the first time in human history in a truly secular age where there is evaporating the sense that there is anything beyond the physical world. There's no transcendence. Everything is headed to ultimate annihilation. 200 years ago, our secular philosopher said that what would happen if we got rid of God and the belief of God is that we would free humanity 
from the chains of religious superstition, but it hasn't freed anybody. All it's done is led to this growing sense of despair and meaninglessness. You know, young people, I know you know some. Young people who think, is this all there is? Is there nothing, no meaning in life? And it is up to us, everybody, it is up to the church to preserve that ultimately we are all wired for God. We were created for God, that there is more to our existence than just what science can demonstrate, that there is meaning, there is purpose in the world, and that is what we are called to preserve. I think another thing that we are called to preserve in this day and time is the dignity of all human life. The dignity of all human life. You know, the value of life nowadays, we see this, it's becoming more and more reducible to its market value. Like someone's only good or has value to the extent he or she contributes to the bottom line. And there's this growing sense that just life is disposable, and if it's not productive, it's just in the way. No. I mean, it is up to us to preserve the biblical revelation that all human beings were made in the image of God, and therefore all life truly has sacred worth regardless of its productivity. You know, I find it so fascinating that we live in a culture where everybody is talking about their rights. They love their individual rights. We love to tout our, our individual rights. And yet, on the other hand, we want to deny that God exists. And I want to say, well, where do our rights come from? Because if our rights do not come from God, if God doesn't exist, then that means all of our rights came from human institutions, which means our rights can disappear depending on who's in power. It makes no sense. And so it's up to us, right? We are those who have to preserve the idea that all life, human life, has dignity because it is made in the image of God and therefore it is a gift to us. And that's ultimately why it has any rights. I think another thing that we're called to preserve is that I think in this day and time, the church is called to preserve the bedrock claim of our faith, that Jesus Christ alone is Lord. You know, salt, the thing about salt is it's very distinctive. You know it when you taste it. And I think the church has to be distinctive again in its proclamation. Jesus in this sermon, he says that salt is of no use if it loses its saltiness. I do not know how in the world salt can lose its saltiness, but I think one of the ways you might be able to do that is water it down so much that it becomes bland. I think over the last 50 years, the church has failed in its mission. We've been bland, insipid in our proclamation that Jesus Christ is the Lord of history, and we need to be distinctive, devoted in the truths that Jesus reveals to us. We cannot water this down. As a matter of fact, maybe that's the other thing that we're called to preserve in this day and time, is the idea that there is such a thing as truth. Well, we live, people are saying we now live in a post-truth world. It's relative. 
your truth may be different from my truth, my truth may be different from your truth, it's, it's all relative, and yet isn't it true that to say all truth is relative, isn't that to make an objective claim, an absolute claim that all truth is relative? It's nonsense. I mean, we are called to preserve that there really is real, objective truth, and see everybody, for the church, truth is not some abstraction. It is a person. It's Jesus who said he was the truth. Like I said, we could, we could go on all day on this. I just have one more thing I want to add to all of this, and I promise I'll be done. So salt preserves, we know that. And yet salt does one other thing that's important, and you know where I'm going. It enhances flavor. <laughs> it adds some zest to the foods that we eat. Jesus is saying that our call as Christian people, we ought to be those who add some zest to life, some, some flavor to the world. Like we're called to bring some joy, some gratitude, praise in this world. I think there are some Christians who think that Jesus said in this sermon, you are the vinegar of the earth. We're not called to be the vinegar. We are the salt. Right? We're the called to bring the spice of life, zeal, goodness, enhancing flavor in this world. And I will tell you, if you and I simply allow the Holy Spirit, the life of Jesus Christ to live in us, if you and I just every day, every day say, Lord, I really want to love you above all things. We're going to be what Jesus says we are. We're going to be the salt. Yes, salt preserves. Salt cleanses and heals, although it might sting a little bit. But yet it brings flavor to life. And I'll tell you, if you and I can be the salt that Jesus says we already are, we're going to do another thing that salt does. We're going to make somebody thirsty. We'll make them thirsty for some water. The waters of everlasting life that we believe Jesus has. And I'm telling you, there can be no greater mission in life than that.